Yay! All right. Welcome, everyone, back to Seaweed Brain, a Percy Jackson podcast. We are officially starting the Chalice of the Gods today, and Persebeth is back. Yay! And so are we. Woo! Stick around. (laughs) Okay, everyone. Welcome to the Council of the Cloven Elders. (laughs) 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 We have not one, not two, but three special guests joining us today because I put a call out into the wilderness and everybody (laughs) said that they were free. (laughs) And I'm so excited to be here. I'm Erica. In case we got some new listeners here joining us today, co-host of this podcast, joined as always by Carter. Hi, it's me. Yes. (laughs) And today we have got Trevor. Hello. We have Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Hello. Also known as Han Solo. (laughs) No. Um, (laughs) No. And we have a brand new guest, Tay. Hi, Tay. Hello. And where where did I find you all on the internet? Twitter. Twitter. Or X. No. 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 No, No, just kidding. Trevor is a former guest. Hannah has only been here for Patreon, right? Yes. So our non-Patreon subscribers haven't met Hannah before. Um, And Tay, you are brand new. Tell us about what your relationship with Percy Jackson is. Um, So I've always loved Percy Jackson. Um, I got into the books when I was like nine. I had picked up The Sea of Monsters. um, And I was like, it was like library time. And I picked up like Sea of Monsters. And I was like, this looks cool. My friend, my classmate, Michael, he was like, don't read that. You need to read The Lightning Thief first. I was oh. like, okay. <laughs> Michael, like, oh. ally. So, Wait, yeah, this has happened that's... to kind of a lot of people, I think. I've heard from multiple other yeah. people the story of grabbing the Sea of Monsters and then finding yeah. out afterwards yeah, that there's a book I that comes before. I saw the Sea of Monsters movie first. That was the first thing. Whoa. I, what? Okay, that was the deep cut. Yeah. Because that movie was not that, that movie I know. was not everywhere. I, my sister wanted <laughs> to see the it. entire series spoiled for you. I, wow. Well, not really, because it wasn't accurate. So I'm like, I'm like, why is all this happening in the second movie? That's crazy. And my sister was so mad after the movie. We got out and she's like, it was terrible. Like it had nothing to do with the actual Sea of Monsters movie. And so um I read them after that and I was like, oh, I understand. I understand. Was your sister angry. older or younger? Younger. Yeah. Wow. She exposed me in 2013 when it came out because I saw it in the theater. Aww. I was like, I don't know what this wow. is, but I, I'm going to I see don't know it. What this is. But even though that movie was so difficult, that still like hooked you. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh my this gosh. is pretty good. Whatever it is. Oh, we need to ask Tay who your godly parent is. My godly parent is Athena. Aww. <laughs> Has it always been Athena? Did you ever like wonder if it was something else? Did you ever try to make it something else? I try to make it. I don't remember, but every time I've done like little quiz, it's always been Athena. Hannah, you were also Athena. No, I'm Apollo. Apollo, right? Okay. Trevor. I have main character syndrome, so I'm going to say Poseidon. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay. Great. Um, I think that's all we really needed to get out of the way. We haven't thought of like a fun Chalice of the Gods focused guest question yet. <laughs> What's your favorite style of cup, perhaps? <laughs> What's scarier, chickens or snakes? Ooh. Ideal beverage. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. Favorite type of homosexual, um, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> favorite homosexual piece of gold jewelry. 
What's your favorite beverage? Fruit punch. Not the fruit punch. <laughs> I never would have guessed that. <laughs> I don't like pop. I don't like tea. Pop. Did you okay. say pop? You said pop. pop. I live pop. in Ohio, guys. I live in Ohio. Yeah. Is it 1952 in Ohio? I'm leaving. We have to be respectful of regional differences. The New York Times <laughs> tells us that this is still a thing in real life. Okay, got it. Pop. Shout out to you, you listeners who, who might live in the Midwest. Yeah, where are my pop lovers at? <laughs> Trevor, what's your favorite beverage? Go. Sweet tea. Okay, nice. Like a black sweetened iced tea. Just, that makes just sense. sweetened iced tea. I, I love it. Hell yeah. I grew up in the South. I have to love it. Went to New York once, asked for it, and they looked at me like I was crazy. People drink sweet tea in New York, do they not? Apparently not. I'm not shop, I guess. Um. <laughs> 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 I'm going to go, it's like getting colder, right? So we're doing like hojicha lattes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Tayer Carter. I also love chai tea lattes, specifically iced <sighs> with soy milk. Iced chai yep. with soy amazing i think i um would do probably like a decked out boba and another topping um fruit tea yeah yeah like a lychee pop. yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah like a lychee okay. green tea yeah yes okay <laughs> okay i think that i think we all sufficiently have gotten to know each other um <laughs> let's talk about why we're actually here today which is the chaos of the gods some of us have finished the book. Some of us haven't. So we will not spoil anything beyond chapter three today. Our goal is to get through chapter three. Um, starting with chapter one, I get flushed, which we thought was maybe going to be a reference to I become Supreme Lord of the Bathroom, which doesn't seem really direct. Yeah, it's not direct. I think th- the reference I think is is there yeah. even if there's not like an obvious parallelism in what literally happens. And there are lots of references. Oh yeah. Um in the Chalice of the Gods and and probably a lot that I don't think I even picked up on. So if anybody was like, "Oh, this is a callback to this thing," please do mention it. We are back in Percy's narrative voice. Thank you. This is so exciting. I love it so much. We've come home. We've come home. It's been a while. It's like coming home from to like coming home from like college to like your back home. Oh, makes me emotional. Yeah. <laughs> he is angstier than ever. He, yep. he is mad. He's mad. He's so Remember mad. Remember how tired everybody was in the Heroes of Olympus? <laughs> like extra tired. We open with, look, I didn't want to be a high school senior. That's all you need to know. Uh, I like wonder, like, because we're all so old, like, or we're not all so old. <laughs> Carter and I are so old um, that, like, this feels, like, nostalgic. But I, I'm, like, I keep thinking while reading this book about kids who are, like, I don't know, like, 12 or 13 reading this, like, just in order. Like, it's nothing, you know, like, sequentially. Yeah. Like, oh, this going to come out today. Yeah. Differently. Yeah. And for us, it's, like, monumental. Like, a monumental return to form. Yeah. This book definitely feels like it was written with the older fans in mind. Right? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. definitely. The ones who've read over and over again. Yeah. And there's a the thing about nostalgia coming later that I felt like was a very purposeful conversation. Mm-hmm. This book itself is like just nostalgia in a lot of ways. Okay. So plot wise, where are we? Percy is this uh, first day of his senior year um, at Alternative High School. Um, it's in Queens. Rick is serving us a lot of site specific details about queens talking about the f train talking about the n train this is the school where paul (laughs) teaches there's an olympic-sized swimming pool 
random. That, I think, is one of my favorite details. Yes. There's, like, one scene from the ill-fated film adaptations that everyone, I think, talks about regularly. And it is the scene that was basically half of the trailer where Logan Lerman is sitting cross-legged at the bottom of a pool and his, like, hair is lightly rippling (laughs) and he, like, looks kind of contented and you're like, oh, what? Okay. This wasn't, this is new. This is interesting. This is exciting. Before we knew, you know, like, everyone everyone got to positively imprint upon that scene before the actual movie came out and we find out what, what had happened. I feel like that that is kind of the energy that this is giving, that that we are retroactively being like, oh, like, this is actually the right age. That mental image you have of Logan Lerman singing at the bottom Whoa. of the pool, like, <laughs> it's happening now. <gasps> Whoa! Yeah. That's that so was, cool! <laughs> I thought it was funny because our high school also randomly had an Olympic-sized swimming pool. <laughs> and Percy's like, why do we need this? <laughs> Percy's like on the swim team too. That's like one of the details. Yeah, like yeah. on the swim team, like like Dash and the Incredibles. Just like I need an extracurricular activity. <laughs> and let me and try as long not as I to don't, smoke like... everyone too hard. Yeah. Oh, oh, Annabeth mentioned. Um, <laughs> he said I promised. I also promised my girlfriend Annabeth. The plan was that I'd graduate on time so we could go to college together. I didn't want to disappoint her, and the idea of going off to California without her kept me up at night. I think we need to do a Percibeth check-in before we actually see them together in a scene. This is the first mention of Annabeth. This is post Heroes Olympus. So this is post going to Tartarus together, surviving. And they are definitely in their like codependent era. I think everybody knows how Carter and Erica feel about that. But <laughs> would anybody like to weigh in here on the status of their relationship? Just like real life. I'm codependent <laughs> all the way. they mean so much to me they can do anything and i'll support it so (laughs) i support the wrongs and i support the rights yep wow we really gathered the council of (laughs) (laughs) extreme person that stands (laughs) literally amazing pass okay great so we say yes great great to percy needing i i feel like at this point they have separation anxiety too especially after um understandably that's definitely it's it's a lot. Like kept me up at night. Wow. Okay. Um, he's anxious about it. He's anxious about it. Yeah. He's like, this is like maybe a real possibility. This is something that he's thinking through as a version of event. Wow. Dare um, we say the stakes are high? The stakes are high. <laughs> oh, Percy's going about his day. He's not even like through his first full day at school when he gets called to the counselor's office. Um, there's all these delightful details about how AHS used to be like a like an elementary or like a kindergarten or something. Yeah, I think it was like an elementary school. Yeah, former elementary. Yeah. Things. But now it's a high school, so everything is, like, weirdly too small, and there are, like, stickers on the walls, and, like, the guidance counselor is in, like, the old nurse's room. These, like, detailed setting pieces are so fun and quirky. And if you know anything about, like, the alternative and or charter school system in New York, you will know that this is, like, this is real. This is a thing that happens. That, like, a Do you want to plug a podcast, of- Carter? Is it called School Colors? There's two seasons, one about Brooklyn and one about Queens and school segregation, and how like nowadays people are like opening charter schools and formerly segregated schools. And like, there's one building with like three different schools in it because two people were like, I'm in this neighborhood, but I want to have like an internationally inflected school for my children. And anyway, New York, New York public education, New York, 
Very detailed, very real. Shout out to that. Something about also, I, okay, again, I haven't finished the book yet, but I do feel like a theme that is emerging, confirm or deny, counsel, is that push and pull between getting older and like wanting to get older and like graduate from high school and also like this like, I'm no longer a kid, like the scariness of I have to do everything on my own. That I think is reflected in this like weird physical setting where all the chairs are a little bit too small and he like can't quite sit in them and he has like physically outgrown this space mm-hmm. um, that is around him. He talks to the guidance counselor who is a Nereid. The last time we talked to a Nereid supposedly was the Mississippi River in The Lightning Thief, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like in a one-on-one yeah. conversation, I think. That seems right. Yeah. That's when she gave him the sand dollar, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Pearls. What return? What belongs to the sea will return to the mm-hmm. sea. Yes. Yes. Three pearls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. This, this Nereid specifically, her name is Yodora. She is the Nereid of gifts from the sea. Her love language is giving gifts, and she is here to explain to us the premise of the book, which is that Percy is going to have to go on a quest to get um, rec letters yes. to get into New Rome University, yeah. which is all stuff we already knew. I don't know if we said this, but she's like the substitute college counselor who specifically was sent, as you might imagine, because she's a Nereid by Poseidon. And that that is like the dynamic of the conversation is that Percy is like getting a little irritated because he's, he's like, I literally have spent my entire sentient life doing things for gods am i not done even god rested like what literally (laughs) this whole chapter is just brick throwing setup at percy and percy being so mad about it it's literally so specifically for him he's like irritated but struggling (laughs) not to like take it out on eudora because she's like an employee of his father yeah i think this is a very fun dynamic it's very interesting prince of the sea energy this is like when Nico was trying not to yell at Menoides, wasn't it? Yeah, Menoides. Like, I know you work for my father, but you're really irritating me right now. <laughs> my father will be hearing about this. His father does hear about it because Percy's getting a little angsty. And so Poseidon flushes him down to his underwater palace so they can have a little face-to-face conversation about it. And this is where we're going to take a quick ad break. Chapter two, my dad helps out. No actual helping occurs. Before True. this conversation starts, I do want to point out that Percy mentions like later in the scene that this entire conversation is taking place part telepathically, part through whale song. <laughs> so just imagine the scientist listening to the ocean and you just hear that. Like, what would you think? Yeah, you translate some like <laughs> to college recommendation letters. <laughs> <and you're> like, <laughs> what is going on under the sea? I was reading the like Percy Jackson fandom wiki earlier this morning, and it's mentioned that like at one point this palace was like referred to as Atlantis, but then Percy was like Atlantis doesn't exist to Jason one time. Yeah. Continuity error. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Or maybe Percy's just making shit up. Talking Poseidon with has so many summer <laughs> homes we just forgot. This chapter opens with an equally delightfully impertinent line. You know you've been a demigod too long when you're flushed out of your school straight into the Atlantic Ocean and you're not even surprised. And I don't know if it's just because of like going to the book, like two different book tours this summer, but I feel like I'm I'm reading this book in Rick's voice, like particularly for the first time. Like I hear him <laughs> delivering these jokes mm-hmm. and I see his little face doing his little yeah. facial expressions. <laughs> like lightning yeah. still yeah. pacing, the nasality and the not even surprised. Yeah. You're not even surprised. It's like, really <laughs> amazing how much Rick's voice comes through in these characters. And you don't really get that until you see him on stage, like yeah. presenting something. Exactly. 
not that I'd never heard him speak before, but like, I just feel like he's really present right now mm-hmm. in our lives. And so I'm hearing him communicate to us through Percy, which really just is him and his own voice. <laughs> yeah. So sweet. I just imagine Percy is like Rick's subconscious voice. Like <laughs> that's just his. Yes. That's how he sounds in his head all the time. It's just Percy. Yeah, Rick has like a little <laughs> Percy trapped inside of him. <laughs> Poseidon's palace, everybody. Again, confirm or deny the last time we were here the was the last Olympian, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. so as well. We've been underwater, but we were not at Poseidon's palace. Yeah. 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 It's still under renovation, which it was partially in ruins the last time we were here, but that's because we were in the middle of the battle with the Titans. Yes. Um, and like Oceanus was like destroying the palace because he was fighting with Poseidon, which doesn't actually get directly referenced here. Percy just says that he was like renovating because like he got tired, his surroundings got old um, and he <laughs> wanted like a new place, which I thought was interesting. Instead of saying like, particularly like we are still renovating because of the fact that like yeah. half the palace mm-hmm. got destroyed. It's a fun detail. In every conversation we we have with Poseidon, or like with that Percy has with Poseidon, he's like actively doing something else. Yeah. Every time in a way that is reminiscent of, say, like the Devil Wars Prada or something, where like you're getting the sense for like Poseidon as like a full person with a lot of a lot of shit going on. Mm-hmm. And also this sort of yeah, I, I think it colors his relationship to Percy a lot. That like it, it's sort of like a half attentional, like I care, but also like that I have to spare and also think is necessary to complete and execute this interaction. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go with over reading and analyzing into these books (laughs) starting right now. I also, even though the Poseidon's palace is not nowhere near like a home for Percy, there's still like a sort of like sense of unmooring and like growing up that like your parents are remodeling your house without you. And like what you maybe was once familiar is now changing, even though this is not like a secure place for him or anything like that. It's still his father's home and it's under renovation. So we do a little Poseidon description. (laughs) Let's see. Page. Page 10. All right. He's in a new outfit today. He's like a Barbie, and now he's in a new outfit for the first time. Today, he wore rumpled cargo shorts that matched his Crocs and socks. His camp shirt looked like it had been targeted in a paintball war between Team Purple and Team Hello Kitty. His fishing cap was fringed with spinnerbait lures. In his hand, a celestial bronze trident thrummed with power, making the water boil around its wicked points. With his athletic frame, dark-trimmed beard, and curly salt-and-pepper hair, you'd think he was maybe 45 until he turned to smile at you. Then you notice the weathered lines of his face, like a well-worn mountainside, and the deep melancholy green of his eyes. And you could appreciate that this guy was older than most nations powerful, ancient, and weighed down by a lot more than water pressure. Percy, he said. Hey, we have deep conversations like that. I'm just picturing Poseidon going into a croc store and meticulously, like, (laughs) trying on, like, ten different pairs of crocs to find the perfect ones. Do you think he has tie-dye crocs? Oh, He has tie-dye crocs, he has croc boots, he has... (laughs) What um, are those things that you put in the crocs? Like the little What kind of gibbets does he have? Mm. He has a Camp Half Blood one for sure. He has a Camp Half Blood one. He definitely fish has hawk. like, yeah, like some fish, like Nemo or something. 
like a Maui yeah. fish hook. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think he would have Ariel. Totally. Totally. This description is really like remained the same. Like I feel like the whole like the weathered mm-hmm. yeah. look of him that really took me back to the first time we ever talked about seeing his face. Sh- Percy's relationship with his father. Check in on this. It's nice that we got to talk to him here. Percy is very much like, I will not want to say like at peace, but like, you know, I think he has a healthy understanding of his relationship with his dad. Yeah. He says, I know he loves me in his own way. He has a lot of other stuff going on, like Carter talked about. I feel like when the demigods, when everyone was younger, like around 12, 13, we were like, mm-hmm. this is child abandonment. Like, yeah. that's it's very clear. Like, we hate the gods. Like, demigods are being like single parented completely. And yeah. that's wrong. But now it feels more like this, like message that rick is putting in that like your your parents can only do so much for you percy's like you you can't write me a letter like you can't use your powers to help me get in and uh signs like no like that that would be unfair wouldn't want any bias or anything like this does go back to the lightning thief when sally talks about how she had to refuse poseidon because she had to live her own life and she had to make her own choices so i think it's absolutely percy Learning that lesson the same way Sally is. Oh. Yeah. It's beautiful. Percy continues to be very mad throughout this chapter, and it's very fun. I love it. I think there are a lot of people who were like, why is why are we getting another Percy Jackson book? Like, leave Percy alone, et cetera, et cetera, which I understand. But I think the way that Percy is so mad about having to do this, it, it makes it work. Like, yeah. You know, it's yeah. very in character. It's very in universe. Like, of course, this would be happening to him. And of course, he's going to be really pissed off about it. We do also importantly have this other tidbit that um, the obstacles facing Percy are not just the recommendation letters. It is also that he has student debt, kind of. But That's it's not student, student debt. Yeah. Debt for existing. As it's debt for dot, 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 dot existing. Yeah. When I read that, I was like, this is crazy. Like, I was mad too. I was proud. Imagine your yeah. dad just being like, yeah, so basically you're in debt because you just existed. Because of me. Oh my Sorry. God. Because of, I made a mistake. Yeah. Literally, he says, I thought we'd move past this. I muttered. I helped you guys fight the Titans. I know, my dad said. And Gaia and the Giants. I know. And my son. If it were up to me, I would waive this ridiculous requirement altogether. Alas, someone is a stickler for the rules. And he blames Zeus, <laughs> which worked for me back in the day. But now I'm like, Poseidon, you're just blaming Zeus. Like, I really think that we're just not putting in the work. Yeah. yeah. Like, you have to have some sort of say. You're still on the big three. Yeah. Well, to be fair, Poseidon does say he talked Zeus down from 25 <laughs> letters to three. <laughs> Rick knew we would be like, Zeus oh, that's like stupid. Poseidon's not doing his job. Well, he talked him down. Percy's mad. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. And he still kind of isn't, but like I, I think that's like part of the maturity that we're experiencing here is that like Percy is in an equilibrium relationship with his father, which is mm-hmm. not an ideal relationship. And it's one where Percy, like actively in the narration, is like, this is not an ideal parent-child relationship. I'm not getting all the emotional support or logistical support I would like or feel like I deserve, but it's okay and I can still have this relationship. He's really just like accepted it at this point. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, this yeah. like still serves me, so I'm still going to have it, even though it's not what it like should be. And he's like, being mad will, won't serve me. So I'll just like get all my questions out there and then just tell me what I need to do and we'll just go and do it. Like, whatever. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. And then we hit the ad. So cute. Uh, Poseidon already posted an ad for Percy to do some quests for random gods so that he could get his 
recommendation letters because he can't get retroactive letters from any of his previous quests. Yeah. Of course, he has to go and do new quests. This is really fun. When Percy's like, oh, I know who to call up. Like, I I, I have some <laughs> some godly friends who owe me. Athena and Artemis, Let me my get girlies, the they got me. <laughs> With Let 30s. me call my aunties. <laughs> <laughs> and Artemis. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, it has to be fresh, fresh quests. Fresh quests. Carter, do you want to read from Poseidon snapped his fingers on page 15? Poseidon snapped his fingers and a neon yellow flyer appeared in his hands. It was an ad with my photo and this copy. Percy Jackson will do your quests in exchange for college recommendation letters. The bottom of the flyer was cut into little strips with my home address on each one. The photo looked like it had been taken from inside my bathroom mirror, which raised a whole bunch of disturbing questions. My hair was wet. My eyes were half closed. A toothbrush was sticking out of my mouth. You already posted this, didn't you? I said. (laughs) It wasn't a problem, Poseidon assured me. I had my sea sprites put them up all over Olympus, too. I am so grateful. His hand (laughs) settled heavily on my shoulder. I know. I also know you weren't expecting this extra obstacle, but just think. Once you get into college, you should have a much easier life. Monsters hardly ever attack older demigods. You and your girlfriend, Annabeth. Yes, you and Annabeth will be able to relax and enjoy yourselves. And now I think I hear my interior designer calling. (laughs) (laughs) Was anyone else a little bit pressed that he didn't name Annabeth? Yeah. Yeah, what the heck? I was like, your son's girlfriend of multiple, like, well, I guess what year is it? It's only been like one year, I guess. <laughs> Your son's girlfriend who he went through Tartarus with and she also like helped save Olympus and is also literally redesigning the entirety of Mount Olympus and you couldn't even say her name. Like put some respect in her name. Literally. Literally. She saved your son's life multiple times exactly you and your girlfriend like what what was that energy? <laughs> I genuinely don't know how to place that. I was like it it almost sounds like heterophobic. <laughs> because of the whole I can't decide between seafoam green and aquamarine for my bathroom tile. He was one of two fabulous. Yeah, he heard his interior designer calling. <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it, in the next chapter, we're about to see Annabeth get along really well with Paul Blofus, which is kind of cute. Like Poseidon can't even say her name, but she's best friends with Paul. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's truly beautiful. Okay, let's get there. I let's love get them. there. Okay, bef- bef- before we start the first book, Brain Rot, this book's really funny. Yes! yes. The comedic timing in this book is so good. I, yeah. I just wanted to point that out because, like, there are moments in the book, like, where I'm reading and I had to, like, stop because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> like, he, Rick did a great job. Like, yeah. I don't know if it's just me missing Percy's point of view and Percy's, like, jokes, but it's so good. I agree. I couldn't tell if it was just like, oh, I really missed this and it's really nice to get back to it or if it's like genuinely so funny. And I think it's both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's really funny because like with the original five, there's that overlooming veil of like there's a war coming and there's like a darkness behind everything. But then like you get to this one and it's more just like for fun and it's not a super pressing matter like war. Yeah, we get to sit down to dinner this time. Yeah, yeah. It there's time to just like relax and be funny and have nice moments. So yeah, I remember a lot of people saying when people who got the book and read it in an hour and a half, Trevor, hour, (laughs) hour, (laughs) um, that people were like, "Wow, Rick is in his bag. He is more himself than ever." And I do think that there is the sense of he really knows what this is. 
allowed Percy, his inner Percy Jackson, to come out yep. through him, which means it's really funny. He literally gave Percy the keyboard. <laughs> yeah, he used a Ouija board, and he was like, "Okay, Percy, all right, to me, feel my fingers." <laughs> all right, should we all go right. to dinner? Yes, chapter three. Yeah, this is the best chapter ever. Yeah, it's my favorite chapter. We complain about quests and decorative gourds. This is nice because although this takes place before the trials of Apollo, we did have some Sally Jackson meal scenes in trials of apollo Mm -hmm. and it's really nice to revisit that here but from percy's perspective and in a much like calmer situation Mm -hmm. without lester around yeah it's so sweet oh my god we open on percy and annabeth on the fire escape (laughs) (laughs) this this is everything the fire escape everything 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 I don't think it's everything because everything it comes later in the book. All right. Okay. You know what okay. I'm talking Are you trying about, to yeah. hint things? <laughs> Trevor, be quiet. Shh. I'm not, I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying anything. I really like when I say Persebeth is back, I really want to clarify that Persebeth never went anywhere. Persebeth is just like more back. Yeah. More present. Yeah. More fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um, more life affirming. <laughs> This is domestic Persebeth. It's also like New York City Persebeth. Yes. 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 The like New York City (laughs) real lived in intimacy moment that we have been conditioned to expect, to want, to need. And now it's here. Like conceptually, we knew that this probably happened. But to see it is different. Yeah. I'm going to read just the first couple sentences just so we can all enjoy this together and here in this moment. As a council. You have to do what? Annabeth and I sat on the fire escape outside my bedroom, our feet dangling over 104th Street. Over the past few weeks, as summer wound down, the fire escape had become our happy place. And despite everything that had happened today, I was happy. It's hard to be sad when I'm with Annabeth. Aww. Beautiful. Beautiful. Wait, I actually might cry. <laughs> <laughs> Rick really said, if you don't ship Persebeth, this book is not for you. Especially on the <laughs> next page. He said, oh, yeah. Five. We should read that paragraph on page 18. Yes. Would you like to read it, Trevor? You know what? Sure. I'll read it. <laughs> Occasionally, somebody would ask me if I'd ever dated anybody besides Annabeth, or if I'd ever thought about dating someone else. Honestly, the answer was no. When you've helped each other through Tartarus, the deepest and most horrifying place in the universe... And you've come out alive and stronger than you were to begin with. Well, that isn't a relationship you could ever replace or should ever want to. Yeah, okay, so I wasn't even 18 yet. Still, no one knew me better or put up with me more or held me together as much as Annabeth. And I knew she could say the same about me. Because if I were slacking as a boyfriend, she would let me know real quick. That's it right there. That's it. That's the gospel truth. (laughs) We need to pause a little bit. That's curse about the 101. (laughs) He... Go ahead, Is Carter. he gaslighting us a bit? <laughs> I have never thought about dating someone else. Girl. Is he is he maybe perhaps forgetting the parachel of it all? Girl, <laughs> we were in your head when you were 15. We were there. But he's changed. I was there when you said Charles Beckendorf is the hottest man I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Girl. You're right. He is gaslighting us just a little. Yeah, I see. I see. I'm not. I'm not that mad about it though. Like you, you know, like I'm not. You mad. better rewrite history. Yeah. If you want to forget about driving <laughs> Rachel around in your dad's in Prius, the dented Prius, we can forget about yeah. it. 
Yeah. But that Let happened us all we forget. were all there. We were all there. I was in the back seat, bro. <laughs> I thought it. I was literally in the car. In the car. In the car. Okay. I don't, like, the, the thing that bothers me about this narrative is the idea that, it seems to be conflating that, like, he currently cannot picture himself being in any other relationships or having had any other relationships with the idea that, like, in his path, like, his perspective at different points in his life up until this point, he also didn't, never thought about being in a relationship with anyone else, even before they were in a relationship. And, like, that that conflation is weird. Like, it's, it's giving puritanical, it's giving, you know, like, a destiny-oriented mindset that I, like, do not subscribe to like i don't think persabeth is like a worse story because percy and adabeth have both experienced attraction to other people that was like not you know that that did not get life in the form of a relationship no does no one else feel this way (laughs) i agree because the story is great because percy did have like moments yeah he had that connection with calypso and it wasn't anything compared to annabeth and like he had a moment with rachel and it wasn't anything compared to annabeth and annabeth probably dated one of the stole brothers and it meant nothing to her yeah i do i really see what you're saying carter it's a little bit revisionist it's but the quite, sentiment yeah. is the same yeah, yeah 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 i also really think that the whole like if i were slacking as a boyfriend she would let me know real quick that's so important because <laughs> you can yes. feel like the danger is like that they've been together for so long and they know each other so well that like he's not putting in any effort anymore you know and like that's so not that's not the case they're so young and annabeth Mm -hmm. has boundaries and needs and is fully capable of articulating like what she needs out of him also i did have like a moment of thought about annabeth here like as uh, thinking about them like swinging their little feet (laughs) off of 104th street that like i used to always think about annabeth as my like big sister that was how she felt to me as a kid when i was reading the books because she was older than me um at the time yeah and then we caught up in age and now she's younger than me yeah it's so interesting that you can have that kind of relationship with a character where it just like changes and like grows like yeah throughout your life where like she's gonna probably be 17 for a really long time and now she's like my my little sister or like my child and like just want to protect her it's crazy yeah it's like it's like your relationship with yourself yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i care about her so much (laughs) oh paul (laughs) someone else i care about so much best character literally can do no wrong the man is an english teacher are you kidding me when we got to the kitchen paul was chopping garlic for the stir fry that is the best sentence i've ever heard in my life first of all (laughs) he wore an apron one of his students had given him for an end of year present the quote on the front read a recipe is a story that ends with a good meal pat conroy i didn't know who that was probably a literary person since paul taught literature I liked the quote, though, because I liked good meals. <laughs> Annabeth grabbed a knife. Oh, is that a callback? Am I, am I going crazy? <laughs> Annabeth and a knife? Oh. oh. <laughs> Annabeth grabbed a knife. Dibs on the broccoli. Paul grinned at her. His salt and pepper hair had gotten a little longer and curlier over the summer, and he'd taken to shaving only every couple of days, so he looked, as my mom put it, pleasantly roguish. <laughs> I cede the chopping board to the daughter of Athena, he said with a little bow. Thank you, kind sir, Annabeth said, equally formal. My mother laughed. You two are adorable. Paul winked at mom, then turned to heat up the walk. Ever since last spring, when Paul had tutored Annabeth in some impossible English project, the two of them had bonded over Shakespeare, of all things. So half the time when they talked to each other, they sounded like they were acting out scenes from Macbeth. 
this is everything to me. This <laughs> relationship, the the bits that they're doing, Paul connecting with Annabeth over her homework, and then them being like little nerds together. I just Annabeth ah! finally having a positive father figure in her life. Exactly. <laughs> yep. And how he probably reminds her of her dad in a way, who was also like a professor, you know. Yeah. But it's just so much more emotionally available to her than her father ever was. Yep. And around physically to like help her with her homework. I Yep. There's also such a special bond between a young girl and a, a, an elderly Shakespeare scholar um, <laughs> where <laughs> you can connect on these <laughs> And I have to shout out my high school English teacher, Ed Moore, whose copy of the unabridged works of Shakespeare I still have with me in my home because he gave it to me when he retired and he was cleaning out his office. He did? Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> wow, that's really special. Listeners... For those of yeah. you who don't know, Edmore was a really big deal. Like you should be, you should be gooped and gagged by the fact <laughs> that Erica was able to secure such a physical artifact of enormous importance. He decided that the AP literature material for like the United States of America was stupid, um, and so he decided that they weren't going to do AP literature at our high school. They were just going to yes. create their own like advanced English lit class. No one was going to. So take, none of us ever yeah, got to do standardized English tests. Yeah, no one was going to take. We were going to sit around English tests and yeah. read like Lear. Anyway, I love you, Ed Moore. <laughs> we do also have to say they're making a tofu stir fry. And there's a rice cooker in their home. There's a rice cooker in the home. Oh my god, Wajin Percy confirmed? <laughs> <laughs> I was just sitting there, like, stroking my chin and being like, I wonder if Jackson is like, you know, like, that's a complete thought. What? <laughs> like, Sally is half Korean? <laughs> I'm like, I, I, like, Sally could be adopted. We don't, we don't, we don't know anything about her parents. They died in a plane crash, famously. Having a rice cooker in your home. I learned after moving <laughs> to the continent that that's not normal. But shout out to her because that is how you do <laughs> mm, it. Yeah. Sally understands. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So talk about just having dinner. Sally's like, you go set the table. He's talking about how it's like, it's nothing fancy, right? It's like mismatched plates, paper napkins. I appreciated having a simple ritual like this. Something that did not involve monster fighting, diving prophecies, or near-death experiences in the depth of the underworld. Setting a table for dinner might sound boring to you, but when you have no downtime in your life ever... Boring starts to sound pretty great. I will never not want to sit table again. Aww. <laughs> it's just cherishing these moments with his family. He goes, okay, he, he, this is a sentiment that gets carried forward. He goes into talk about like Sally and like describe her and her past and like how, how she is so happy and like contented now with her life. And he says, now she and Paul had a good life together. And if I felt a little sad about having one foot out the door just when things were getting better... Hey, that wasn't my mom's or Paul's fault. They did everything they could to include me. Besides, I wanted to go to college. If I had to choose between being with Annabeth and, well, anything, that was no choice at all. There's this, like, bittersweet, heroic loneliness mm. to Percy mm -hmm. where, like, it's true. Like, he, like, as soon as his mom starts to be, like, happy, like, he isn't fully a part of that. And, like, he has these little moments with her, but, like, they're just little moments here and there. He can never just, like, be at home and, like, spend time with her and Paul for extended periods of time. Which is a metaphor mm -hmm. <laughs> re representative of how it feels when you get older and you don't get to spend time at home anymore. You just get 
little vacations and breaks. Like you were saying, Tay, like coming home from college, you start to just appreciate all the little tiny things and see your parents as like people who have their own lives that like extend beyond yours Mm -hmm. in ways that you can't reach. Like it's a weird feeling. It's very nice. Yeah. And then Grover comes to dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Grover's growing on me these days. I I cannot lie. I knew that he was coming. Like based on the setup of the book, we knew he had to be showing up. But when he actually showed up, I was I was like pleasantly surprised. I'm not gonna lie. I do think that certain um, <laughs> amazing young actors of certain currently struck work are really like flipping the narrative in a positive mm-hmm. way on how I view this character. Like I think it's going to have a very strong impact yeah. on my feelings about Grover. Yeah. Already is for sure. He has a new look. He too has Barbie changed outfits. He is uh, not wearing pants anymore because he's too thick, and he's wearing shoes. <laughs> <laughs> No pants, but yes, shoes. That's a look. (laughs) Grover is older. He has such a funny dynamic because he really looks at Percy. Sometimes I think as like his little kid that he raised, you know, like his little baby goat. Mm -hmm. And he he walks in holding like a box of strawberries and he's like, it's the last crop of the summer. (laughs) And Percy is like, he's looking at me like he's implying like there was my last summer at Camp Half-Blood and he like is almost going to (laughs) cry. That's my favorite thing about Grover is that he's constantly... On the verge of tears. Yeah, he's so emotional. <laughs> yes. <sighs> Talk about Sally getting her book published. She hadn't made that much money on the deal, but hey, a publisher had actually paid for her writing. She was presently wavering between elation and extreme anxiety about what would happen when her book came out. Oh, so proud of her. Um, talking about Council of the Cloven Elders, etc. Um, and then explaining to Grover the upcoming quest. A look of panic flashed across his face, but he suppressed it quickly. He sat up straighter and brushed some rice out of his goatee. Well then, we'll do these quests together. I tried not to show how relieved I was deep down. Grover, you don't have to- Are you kidding? He grinned at Annabeth. A chance to do quests, just the three of us, like old times? The three musketeers. The Powerpuff Girls, Annabeth suggested. Shrek, Fiona, and Donkey, I said. (laughs) Wait a minute, Grover said. I'm fine with this, Annabeth said. (laughs) (laughs) Paul raised his glass the monsters will never know what hit him just be careful you three oh it'll be fine Grover said though his left eye twitched besides it always takes a while for word to get around among gods we've probably got weeks before the first request comes in ha 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 Fiona and Donkey is actually an incredible read it is I love that it's so self-aware from Rick to be like you guys are Shrek Fiona and Donkey and that is the book I wrote I love the implication that Annabeth like watches the Powerpuff Girls I think that Annabeth is probably the green one yeah that's what I was thinking and Mm -hmm. Grover is blue one I guess bubbles bubbles yeah what an excellent Opening to this book. Quick establishment, some immediate impertinence and tiredness from Percy, a chit chat with Poseidon, a calm, beautiful dinner scene that was like the most beautiful fan service I've ever read. And it didn't even get like interrupted. You know, when you have those really nice calm scenes and they get interrupted by the the conflict. We didn't have it, and it was great. Literally, when the doorbell <laughs> rang, I was like, "It, it's, it's yeah. a monster. It's like a like who who? It's it's, it's the first Lester. quest request." It's Lester. But it was Grover. It was Grover invited dinner guests. And it's like earned. It's like finally we get to have this Mm -hmm. like short little book that's just fun, good times because we have had 15 books of fighting Mm -hmm. and of interrupted moments. Yeah. I'm just glad he wrote this. He really didn't have to. 
And there's more to come. <laughs> yes. And literally there's more to come. This is what we've been – like I feel like throughout the whole time we've been doing this podcast, we've been like, oh, we just want the brunch book where the girlies get together. <laughs> we just want like the little hunter's book. We want like this and this. And this is the start of mm-hmm. this that era of Rick just getting, getting yeah. to like insert extra lore and moments in time. And you can tell he's having fun with it too. Yeah. I think he really missed writing Percy. Yeah. I think so too. We have to answer a very important question because – as we said at the start of this episode, Persebeth is back. Did it ever go anywhere? No, but it is back. So we need to go around here <laughs> and each council member, I need you to answer for me. Is Persebeth the greatest love story ever told? Duh. Obviously. Yes. <laughs> that was quick. That was quick. No elaboration needed. Nope. No. Once you finish this book, <laughs> the answer can only be yes. There, there's. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. We didn't read. Hold on. There's one part of the book I wanted to point out. I think Bring the evidence. I think it, it was when they were on the fire. Exhibit A. I can't believe none of us brought this up. Do you mind if I read this? Please, okay. please. We sat in silence for a minute, our shoulders touching. We were both ADHD, but I could have stayed like that for hours, perfectly content, appreciating the way the afternoon sunlight glinted in Annabeth's hair, or the way her pulse aligned with mine when we held hands. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> like it's just everything. Everything. This this book is <laughs> everything. He's he's so in love. It's sickening and I love it. The mention of ADHD is doing a lot of work there. I, I'm so enthralled by the idea of like someone who like of Percy not being able to focus on anything. But Annabeth. But being calm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. But, but, but being so focused, he can tell their pulses are aligned. He's in love. He's in love. He's in love. Also, the idea of love being just like being calm around someone. I think that that yeah. is yeah. very real. Mm-hmm. It's very real. It's very profound. Everything is crazy. Everything's hectic when you have no downtime in your life ever. But then there's someone who you can sit with and be calm. Like it, It's like what Percy yeah. mentioned when you get to appreciate the boring moments. And with Annabeth, he feels like he can just be normal. You hold like the like the little moments. You have to be more grateful for those little tiny moments that you're good to have. Ah, okay. There's not gonna say anything. No. Don't say anything. No, no. I'm not no. saying. Oh yeah, don't spoil no, it. I'm not. Don't I would, spoil I would it. never spoil it. Yeah, I'm just excited to see <laughs> your reactions as you continue reading into the book. Yay! Ah. All right. Well, thank you guys for kicking us off with such an exciting first episode together. This is like the best way to start this book. Thank you all for being here. Um, any final thoughts or anything you want to share? Anything you want to promote? Trevor, you got to plug your website. I do. I, I have a website. I am currently reviewing books right now because, you know, we can't talk about struck work. It's justamediaguy.com. I have a review coming later today, hopefully, about Donna the Jaguar. It just released today. Go go read it. Yay. Anything else to plug from our dear friends? Where can the people find you on the internet? You can find me at Percy Trailer. Yeah! Wait, it's Tay Percy Trailer? She's here? Wait, that's crazy. I'm just remembering the book tour when someone recognized you. That was so funny. Oh, yeah, that was pr- that was funny. Yeah, Tay literally had fans. Was, like two people in the front row. And we had posted about it on Twitter that we were there. And somebody goes, oh, 
it's Tay. <laughs> and literally, like, turned around and was like, hi. And I'm like, hi. Same. It was, it was great. And then I think, I think Becky knew that she was there. Yes. And told Rick. Yes. Because he because literally Rick, said yeah. in the book tour, he was like, there's like, and no, the trailer isn't coming out today. Like, he, that was a shout out to her. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced. Oh, I was like, "What just happened?" It was great. That's so yeah, cute. it was it was cool. It was so cool. Hannah, where can people find you? Um, at Hazel's Gems, and on Twitter and on Instagram is the same with an extra S on the end. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Thank you guys so 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 much. Next week we will be back. Uh, I think we're doing chapters four through seven with returning special guests Maddie who won trivia <gasps> and Tom her dad. Yay! Yay! <laughs> That's a great episode. episode. Tell them I said hi. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye all.